Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms 2714. Let's just jump in. So I do want to elaborate real quick on um, the word that I had Sunday night. Um, I want to talk about tonight, I want to talk about seeking the Lord. But I I also, in connection with your mind stayed on the Lord. Think of it that way. So if you want to have a title, you can put that. Just put mind stayed on the Lord. That works for me. But um, I talked last week about seeking the Lord in connection with your purpose and how important it is. Because God's promised us that we have purpose and he has a plan for us. But he, like I said, he doesn't put it on a billboard. He's expecting you to have some skin in the game and to approach him and to want to find out, hey, I love you, Lord. Here I am. And what do you have for me? He's expecting that. But I wanted to elaborate more on seeking. What does it look like? What does a person look like who is actually seeking the Lord? So that's what I want to talk about tonight. Um, You know, the Lord's trying to awaken us to seeking him in every single area of our lives. And I believe that's what the word was that I had Sunday night. And, you know, he sent the Holy Spirit to help us, but we have to want the help. Several months ago, the Lord told me, he said, accept the help that's been given. And it was a personal thing for me. I know, you know, I can share it with you guys. Anybody can take that and run with it. But he was trying to get over to me that I've given you the help, but you have to accept it. You have to take it. And the Holy Spirit is wanting us to use him in every single area, every area. Too many times we just settle into a situation because we don't know what to do. Well, I don't know what to do, so I just went. I didn't know where to go, so I just went. And the Lord's not wanting us to handle things that way. Psalms 27, 14, it says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We can't just settle when it comes to our kids, when it comes to jobs, when it comes to a spouse. The Lord is not wanting you to settle in any area of your life because you don't know what to do. He doesn't want that. It says, wait on the Lord. And then what's so cool about that, because that can be such a hard thing. Wait on the Lord. Nobody honestly wants to hear that, <laughs> especially if they're seeking God for an answer. Those really aren't words that you're just super excited, want to run around the church to hear. But then right after he says, be of good courage, he's saying, hold off. It's going to be okay. And it says, then they makes us a promise. He shall strengthen your heart. 
You don't think you can do it. And you might not be able to do it in and of yourself. But he's promising you, if you'll wait and not settle for the whatever mode of, you know, whatever answer that you just think you have to do and that you have to settle with, if you'll wait, he will strengthen your heart. Wait and see what he tells you. It's worth it. He's saying, he says it one more time. He's emphasizing, wait, I say, on the Lord. He's emphasizing us to do that. And, you know, he doesn't want you to ever settle. He wants you to go to him and ask for help. You know, we have the helper. When you have the Holy Spirit, he's the helper, not a helper. The helper. Like, think, think of a field of, uh, you know, I don't know. Race car drivers, who's the best of the best? Max Verstappen. I don't know if y'all know who that is. But it's his field, and he wins, like, every time. He's on TV. You know, you if you want to learn how to race car drive, and they say you can have your pick of, like, ten guys to help you learn, who's who are you going to want? You're going to want Max Verstappen. You're going to want the best at it, the best of the best. Well, the Holy Spirit, he's God. He's a part of the Godhead. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're building a house. I don't care if you're looking for a spouse. (laughs) I don't care what you're looking for. (laughs) He wants to help you because he's the helper. He's the best of the best, and he knows the best of the best in every situation. Amen? He knows what you need. But you got to be open to what he says. You got to be open because he can tell you something that you really don't want to hear. And you, and listen, he'll even help you with that. Say, Holy Spirit, I am open and I will listen with ears to listen, to hear what you have to say. I will accept what you say and I'll deal with it or I will accept what you say, and I'll make the decision that you want me to make. Too many times I've seen where people don't really want what he has to say. If you really want his help, you have to be ready to hear what he has to say, even if it's something ugly. It could be about another person. You could be like, they're amazing. And he's like, hey, I need you to know this about this person. They have these issues. You shouldn't be dating them or you shouldn't be thinking about dating them. And he's trying, the little red flag's going up and he's trying to tell you because he knows, he knows the future. And he, he's not saying, he's not trying to rain on your party. He's trying to save you heartache for decades. We've seen it over and over People say, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to help me. And then they don't want to listen. You've got to be open to what he has to say. Amen. He just wants to help you. So I'm, I'm going to give you a few scriptures, but I'm not going to read them. Just write them down. It's just to help you remember who you have on the inside in the helper. And then I'm going to move on for time's sake. John fourteen twenty six, Amazing scripture about the helper. John 16, 7, and 8. Another one. 
Jesus was talking about, he said, I have to leave. And he was amazing. If he had to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come be here with us, that's a big, big deal. We need him. John 16, 13 through 15. He, he talks about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of truth. That's what we want. We want the truth. Amen? Even if it's something we don't want to hear, we don't like hearing, we want truth. Amen? All right. Back to seeking God. So who were some people that sought God in the Bible? The first person I thought of was David because there's so many Psalms where he talks about it. Turn to Psalms 24, 6. David exhorted to seek God because he knew there was so much more uh, to know about him than what he currently knew and what most people had known. So Psalms 24, 6, and I love this scripture. I love to declare this for our generation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up the everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Praise God. So let me give you three really quick reasons why we need to seek God. And I believe David realized this. Number one, I told you I was going to go kind of fast. Number one, it'll keep you out of trouble. Second Chronicles twelve fourteen. And he okay, this scripture is about King Rehoboam. He reigned over Judah for about seventeen years. And this there's there's very little recorded about him. This is the thing that jumped out the most. It's kind of sad, but it's important. We need to know these things. And he did evil. Because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. That's a big statement. Wow. You think it's important to seek the Lord? Man, oh man. It'll keep you out of trouble. Number two, it will help you walk in his ways. Turn to Psalms 119.2. Seeking the Lord will help you walk in his ways. Blessed are those who keep, did I get it, is it up there? Yeah. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no evil or iniquity. They walk in his ways. When you keep him before you and you keep his presence, you're ever aware of his presence. There's just certain things you're not going to do. And it will strengthen you to do what you need to do. Amen? Number three, he rewards those who do seek him. Let me repeat it again. Number three, he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews eleven six. I love his word. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently. Diligently. Amen. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I would say that's reward. You're spending your time on him, thinking about him, seeking him, spending time with him. And the things you need and want, he's going to take care of that for you. Hosea 6.3. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain. When we put him before us, when we make him first, that's a part of seeking him. There's a promise. Like in James, draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And somebody here might say, well, I tried that and nothing happened. You have to do it in faith. You have to do it believing. Sometimes I pray about something and sometimes, I mean, pretty regularly, And I don't get an instantaneous answer. I don't hear it. But I don't get dismayed one bit. I thank God in advance that I will know what to do. I'll have that answer. I'm doing it in faith. And, I mean, so fast. I mean, I just get in my car and start driving and just, boom, there's the answer. Instant download. I know what to do. You do everything By faith. We approach him by faith. We draw near to him in faith. We have to. It's it's the economy of God. It's the way that he works. It's the only way that he works. And he's given us the promise that he will come to us and he will reward us when we come to him in faith. So we have to do it that way. Amen. Psalms 119.10. With my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And these are good scriptures to read if you just need to get yourself strengthened in faith to seek him. That's why we do this. That's why some of these scriptures, you just want to look at them, you know, pick it up in the morning and go, yes, I don't feel like seeking anybody today, (laughs) but I'm going to. And I'm going to do what the word says because there is reward. (laughs) There's great things God has for me if I will do this. And I am going to put these scriptures in front of me to get myself stirred up and strengthened to do it. This is how you get it done. Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If you will seek him with all your heart and all your soul. You will find him. I love that. You know, with your whole heart. It's every compartment of your life, every part of you, your mind, will, emotions, that's the soul part of man, your physical. You guys are here tonight because you're seeking God. That's a part of someone who seeks God. You want to be with him. You chose over your flesh to come in here tonight how you felt, and you're like, I'm going to... Go get with God. That this is I'm looking at a room full of people who are seeking God. Amen. So you have to do it with your whole heart. Amen. 
So what does a person look like that seeks the Lord? And I just said you can look around you because I see a whole bunch right now. But does it look like a person who's in their prayer closet for hours and hours and hours? Does it look like the, the Old Testament guy that's, that's ripping his, uh, it's not a shirt, ripping his tunic and, and throwing the sand and the ashes and the stuff on him? Isn't that the craziest imagery in the Old Testament? It's nuts. Does it look like that? Do we have to look like that to seek God? No. That's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about someone that seeks to obtain. You are seeking to obtain. And it's not just reward. Part, it is reward, though. Part of the reward is him and his presence. And that's a huge, huge part of it. We're not just wanting to get the things from him that we need, but we're wanting him. Amen? But someone that seeks the Lord puts themselves into position to receive from God. Amen? You know, mostly everywhere you turn here, you don't see God in today's culture, and today's world. And you all know that. You know, you all work. How many here work? with Christians all day, every day. Raise your hand. It's, it's, it's about 10 people. <laughs> and some people are like, oh, I don't know. They're a Christian, but they yelled at me right before I came in. <laughs> you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but the, she was giving you the stink eye, so I thought that was why. <laughs> so anyway... You know, we all work out in the world, and we grocery shop out in the world. We get our gas, everything. And you don't see a lot of God everywhere you turn. And that's one reason that you have to set yourself to be stayed on him, as the word says. So, again, what does a person look like that seeks the Lord? He looks like, I have two examples, and I mentioned David earlier, And the other example that immediately came to mind when I started studying this was Daniel. So let's talk about Daniel. Daniel sought the Lord. And he had to keep his mind stayed on the Lord in order to literally survive. I mean, mental health reasons to survive, but physically to survive his situation. And there was great reward for doing so. So let me give you a tiny bit of Daniel's backstory. He was an upper-class Hebrew. He was 15, between 15 or 17 years old when... um, their town got taken over, and um, <clears throat> was it Nebuchadnezzar? Was he the king? I think he was the king at the time. Anyway, the bad king. He came in, and he said, I want, I want the, the ones who have been educated. I want the best of the best for my men, and I want them as my slaves. And they snatched up. They killed a whole bunch of people, but they snatched up these boys, and Daniel was one of them. He, they changed his name. They tried to change his identity. They called him, uh, I believe, Belshazzar, which is not to be confused with the next king after Nebuchadnezzar. He was 
he was Belshazzar, but Daniel was Belteshazzar. It's, it's very similar, so don't be confused on that. But the point is, they tried to strip him of every part of him that was godly and that knew God. They didn't want any of it. They, they did want it. They wanted him because he was a testimony of God, but they didn't want God. They wanted what God produced in him, this young man who was strong, who was smart, he was upstanding, he was godly, he had all these traits. Of course, they wanted it. You know, today the world's kind of the same. People want what they can get from Christians, and they will take advantage because they see and be aware of that. Are they wanting you? Are they wanting what you have to offer because of what God has done in you? You need to be aware of that and be careful of that. Amen. So Daniel was a slave and he was in captivity for the majority of his life. He was just 360 degrees encompassed by ungodly behavior. He had to set himself apart daily. He had to have his mind stayed on the Lord and seeking the Lord. So check this out. Turn to Matthew 18, 8. Daniel set himself on the Lord, and you could say, you could argue, well, it was easy for him because he was like a prison Christian. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying. Brother Randy Greer talks about that. People... People are great Christians in prison because they're forced, <laughs> forced to have their flesh under and, and they, they want to have good behavior so they can get out early and they want, he said, you know, half of the, he said he had some great men who came when he had chapel because he was the chaplain in the prison when he was in prison. But he said half of it was full of men who just wanted to get out of their cell. They weren't really there. So, so you could look at it that way, but he was a slave and he, he had nothing else to do. He had no choice but to seek the Lord. No choice. We can set ourselves up to be in this place. We can set ourselves up to succeed. Amen? Matthew 18, 8. I read this a couple of weeks ago. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life, lame or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Listen, if you know you're going to fall into gossip while lunching it up with certain ladies at work, don't go. It's called setting yourself up to succeed. You are responsible. This word tells us we can't blame it on other people. Set yourself up. If you can't handle going to the gym and checking out all the ladies, (laughs) I'm just making it real. Don't do it. Just don't go. Set yourself up to succeed. Treat the Lord like your life depends upon him. It'll completely change your mindset. Daniel treated the Lord like his life depended upon him. There was great reward. Yes, his life did. And thank God we're not in that kind of a situation like he was in. Thank God. 
but he kept his mind stayed on the Lord. There was great reward for him. So, man, time's going quick. Let me see. I'm going to have to skip a little bit. Yeah. So when you set yourself to seek God, you know, you set yourself apart and it shows. It's going to show to people. Go to Daniel 5, 14. I have heard of you. This is King Belshazzar. He was telling this to Daniel when Daniel approached him. He said, I've heard of you, that the spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. He had heard. Daniel, go back and read if you don't know. He was gifted in interpreting visions and dreams. And he did it. And he saved his life. He saved his friends' lives over and over. And if you go back and read it, he's asked the the king would have a dream and no one could interpret it. And then he'd put it out there, you know, to all his astrologers. Hey, you guys need to figure this out for me or you're going to die. And he would end up killing them all. And this one time he... Daniel had been gifted enough to be included in, they called it, the wise men. And so Daniel's head was on the chopping block too. And Daniel, the, the guy who was going to execute this, showed up to Daniel and had re- great respect for Daniel. He didn't just come in and kill him. They talked. And Daniel said, you know, why the urgency? And he told him. And he said, you know what? Can you give me some time? Because he, he, he didn't know. He didn't know what the answer was. But what did he do? He sought God. He took the time to seek God and to find out what the answer was. And so he ended up not getting killed. And he ended up answering. So he already had an amazing reputation in the kingdom and he had been getting rewarded for it so it will show it will show on you and it'll show through you when your mind is stayed on the lord and you take the time take the time to seek the lord before you answer before you answer anything we can use that for everyday wisdom don't just blurt out something if you if you don't know or you're not sure what the right thing is to say Say, um, let me get back to you on that. Take some time because the, and, and you might not be real great on it at it at first if you're not used to doing that. But the more you take time and you, you give God an opportunity to help you, give you answers, the quicker they'll come. And the more it'll just come out. You'll just have the answer for every situation and you'll be like, wow, this is amazing. Because like I said earlier, we do it by faith. We do everything by faith. God's wanting you to grow. It might be uncomfortable at first, but you will grow into it, and it'll, be, it'll just come out of you. God will just use you. It'll seem so natural. It's actually supernatural, but it will begin to feel more and more natural to you. So do you think that God showed himself strong through Daniel. Look at 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, and for time's sake, I'm just going to read it if you just want to write it down, this, that 
where it's at. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He's looking for you. He's looking for the one who will have their mind stayed on him and who's seeking answers from him because he wants to use you. So remember how I said he rewards those? Well, go to Daniel 9.3. And like I said, we don't have time to look at it tonight. But that's where it says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications. And here's a result of what Daniel chose to do. Daniel 2.48. That was actually the second go-round because he'd done this more than once. The king promoted Daniel... And gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel 5.29. Then Belshazzar gave the command. This was after God had used him, had worked through him, and he answered and gave him the answers that he needed. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That is huge. Third ruler in the kingdom. That's amazing. I think he had some creature comforts (laughs) that were better than his prison cell at this point, right? But, you know, those are some worldly benefits, but God also blessed Daniel with spiritual blessing. Um, if you read through Daniel in his latter days, when most of his time was in captivity, most of it. But in his latter days, earlier he interpreted dreams, but later he had even greater visions and dreams to the point that the angel Gabriel had to step in to help him, help interpret these things. He's conversing with he. He'd grown in his gift to the point where he's conversing with angels and they're telling him things that are going to happen that haven't even happened yet. Like for us, like in time scriptures, in time visions, in time things. He's got to step into the future and witness things that haven't even happened yet. Like sneak peek of epic things. That just blows my mind. I mean, that's what a reward. God was like, you know what? I want to share this with you. I want you to be the one who's going to write this down and people are going to read it for thousands of years and know because of you wrote it down. You had the conversation with me. The angel helped you. You wrote it down. I mean, we're still talking about them today. It's amazing. So how do you seek him? And I'm going to go super quick. You keep him first. It's the first thing you think of when you wake up. The last thing you think of when you go to bed. Keep God first. And I know you don't have time to write all this down, so just listen to it again later, okay? Give attention to him. Give place to him. Even when you're, don't just settle, well, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I get anxiety when we do this. Don't settle in that. Give him place. He wants to help you through even those things. Stay mindful of him speaking to you wherever you go. He wants to talk to you everywhere you go in every situation. 
What your mind is constantly on will gain entrance to your heart. That can be a scary thing, but it can be an awesome thing. That's why I believe it's in the book of Proverbs. It tells you to guard your heart. This is why. Ask God questions. Ask the Holy Spirit questions. Expect answers. Expect him to speak to you. Don't settle. Wait to see what he says. He will talk to you. He will give you the answers that you need. And finally, go to Psalm 74. Oh, yeah, I'm going to skip that one. I had a really good scripture about gossiping because I was talking about gossip earlier. And uh, I heard this minister say, and the reason I wanted to share it was, here, I'll just give you the scripture, just write it down. It was um, Proverbs 16. No, Proverbs 6, 16. It talks about things that are an abomination to him. And it's crazy, but gossip is in that. It's, in, it's on that list. And I heard this minister say one time, he said, if you treated gossip like murder, would you do it? Sometimes it's just a matter. That's how you can have the Holy Spirit help you. Say, Holy Spirit, help me have the right perspective. If that's what I need to not do something, help me think of it that way. I'm going to think of gossip as murdering someone. You're a whole lot less likely to do it. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. That's the kind of help he has available to you if you'll take it. Amen? Did I read Psalm 74? Okay. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Why can we rejoice? Because when we seek and find him, we will have all that we need and we'll have all the answers that we need. Amen? God is so good. There's so much in his word. He has all the help that we need, all the help that we need. He's just so awesome. Oh, praise God. Let's pray really quick. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for the Holy Spirit. We purpose this week to use him like he wants to be used, to expect answers, to talk to him. We will purpose to have our minds stayed on you. We love you. We love your presence. And we know that you're pleased. We know that you're pleased when we're asking you in faith and receiving. We know that it pleases you. So we purpose, Lord, to be open so that you can use us and shine through us. And we just thank you. We thank you tonight for your goodness. We thank you that we can be the channel to which you can flow through mightily. And we thank you that it'll show as we step into this more and more. It will show and people will recognize it everywhere we go. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.